Let's open the word of the Lord to Psalms chapter 91. We're going to read from verses 14 through 16. 14 through 16. And then we're going to go to Matthew chapter uh, 6. We'll read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Psalms chapter 91, verses 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. And honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So God is speaking to the person that has set his love upon him. Very specific. And by that, what he's saying is that that person is putting him first. Because that's what God does. God doesn't uh, date you, he marries you. That's what he does. So he's saying to the person that there's to put him at that level, to honor God with his love. I mean, we can't give him anything on earth because he's the one that created it all. But we could give him our love. We could give him our praise. See, and, and that, that he appreciates because that's coming from us. Praise God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink. Don't worry about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, worth, are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothing? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, when tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, but seek first the kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Notice it says seek first. It doesn't say seek the clothing first. It says seek his kingdom first. And all these things, what? The clothing, the homes, the things that uh, everybody else is after will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, is, isn't that true? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that uh, you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that you would see, Lord God, that you desire a relationship with us, a personal relationship, my God. And out of that personal relationship and that personal strength, out would come a corporate strength that would minister 
to our cities, to our nation, and to the world. And that Christ would shine through us, in and through us, O God. For Christ is the hope of glory, my Father. That we can reflect when we love you and put you first. And when we allow your spirit to be in the ascendancy in our lives, my God. So we thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Before you sit down, just greet two or three people. Just say, God is great all the time. All the time. I saw it. Yeah. Congratulations. It's wonderful. All the time. He is awesome. All the time. All the time. Brother Julio, can you do me a favor? Look up Deuteronomy 8, verse 6 on. Deuteronomy 8, verse 6 on. Hallelujah. He's great. He's awesome. He's good. He's all of the above, right? Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Praise the Lord, Deacon. Praise God. Amen. I want to read another couple of verses to you because you need to catch God's heart. If you misunderstand God's heart, and of course, if you listen to the way <clears throat> Christianity has been criticized today, you might actually think uh, that what these people are saying is true. Couldn't be further from the truth. God doesn't need anything from us. He's God all by himself. Amen, amen. Doesn't need you. Doesn't need you to preach the gospel. He doesn't need you to do anything. He can do anything that he wants all by himself. Amen. He partners with his creation because he loves his creation. And he did that for Israel of old. He will, he'll do that for any man, any woman that would dare to love him, would dare to put him first. He will uh, partner with him. He would uh, share his, his, his beauty, his majesty with him. Amen. But look what it says as, as a caveat, <clears throat> as a warning to us in Deuteronomy 8. Uh, did you, were you able to get it? Okay, Deuteronomy 8, verses 6 on, it's, it's on the, the screen. It says, Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. And that word fear is a divine reverence and respect and honor, just the way He does with us. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, of springs. Notice, it's the Lord that... Is bringing them in the first place. He's the one that's opening that up for them in the first place. And then he says, valleys and hills, <clears throat> a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees. Sounds good to me. Pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you'll eat bread without scarcity, in which you'll lack nothing, a land whose stones and, uh, are iron and, and out of those hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and you're full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land in which he has given you. Amen. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and when you're full and when you have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, 
See, that's where pride comes in. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought you, uh, who, brought, who brought water to you out of the flinty rock, who led you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. He says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant that he swore to his forefathers. Who? To Abraham. He said to Abraham, I'm going to bless your children, I'm going to bless your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, anybody that's connected to you, anybody that becomes family with you. And by the way, in the New Testament, it says that all who are in Jesus Christ flow into that very blessing, by the way. We're all sons of Abraham through faith. So we are part of this also. We, we get uh, that blessing where God will open up the bounty for us. But he says, don't forget me though. Don't say after I've given you all, I've done it in my own might. It would be similar, you know, let, let's say for example, well, that beautiful testimony right now, Sister Cynthia gave, wow, you, you moved me. Because, you know, for him to say, mom, everything I have is because of you. Well, he's right. He's absolutely right. It would be an insult that he says, Dante, I need 80 bucks. Help me out. Uh, no, mom, what's the matter with you? I don't got time for that. I don't got money for you. That would be an insult. And he, and, and he had the right spirit. He understood. He said, mom is taking care of me all that. She's asking me for a little bit. I'm going to send her more. <laughs> Did she command him? No, she asked. Because she genuinely needed it at the moment. And that's the relationship that God's asking of us. But we... When God says, okay, my son, my daughter, I want you to help me now reach out to my other sons and daughters that are lost. I want you to help build churches in that region, buy Bibles and send it to them. He's not telling you to, to get a, build a rocket ship and put all your money and send it back into heaven. He doesn't need it. It's not for him. It's for the earth realm, for his sons and daughters that are lost, that, that are prodigal sons. See, what we're doing is we're taking and compiling the, the, you know, the amount that we have and we're going to buy a building and we're going to buy Bibles and we're going to open up a Sunday school there. And, and, and my goal is a lot more larger than that. Yeah, eventually when we're in the right place, charter school. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we're thinking about, but we want to do it step by step. I want to get over my, you know, too above because I've seen what some of my friends have done. They've done too much too quick, got into too much debt, and now some of them are unfortunately foreclosing. I don't think that gives honor to God. So I think we do it step by step as we can, uh, slow and steady, you know, as we can afford and praise God. I, I'm, I'm grateful to that. So, but it, God says, don't forget because, and then he goes on to say this. He says, this shall be that if by any means you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. And by the way, one of the big gods there was mammon. So that's why he deals also not only with our spirit, with our heart. He deals with our actions, our word. The things that we speak is watch your words because they're death and life. Your actions, because your actions reflect the kingdom of God. He also says, also watch the way you spend your money. Yes. Jesus said, the way you spend your money lets me know whether or not I can use you in the kingdom of God. Yes. He says, because if I can't trust you with that, how am I going to trust you with the real rich stuff? The riches, the, 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 the gifts of preaching, the, the, the gifts of the spirit, you know, the, the, the ability to reach out to community. How can I trust you with the big stuff? God says, that's the little stuff. For us, money's the big stuff. For him, no, no, that's, that's 101. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
He says, if I can't trust you here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to chase after these gods, and then you're going to be destroyed. Because that's what happens. And I'm very concerned right now. I'm going to go a little tangent. I'm very concerned because our government is doing just that. They've forgotten our God. They've forgotten that America was established to worship God. It was established as a place where anybody could come in and worship Him freely. And the government wouldn't get involved in that. And right now, a lot of money is being spent... The very money that God blessed this nation with, now it's being spent to shut down His Word. I don't get that. I don't get that in school, the children can't draw a picture of Jesus or can't bring their Bibles and read it in lunchtime. They are actively, hatefully saying, what is that? How dare you? And forget if a teacher puts a Bible verse or something like that or, or, or just brings her Bible and puts it up. Forget about that. She'll be suspended or he'll be suspended. Right now, I mean, they're coming at you vicious. And let me tell you, this is the year, and yesterday I shared it. This is the year where there's going to be a lot of confrontation. And it's not going to be a confrontation where you're going to come out, that's right, I'm a Christian, what do you think? Where? Yeah, what, what? No, you don't even have to do that. All you have to do is show up with your Bible, share your testimony, and they're going to come at you like if it's a fight. And, and you're going to see their faces like rabid, ready, ready to jump on you. And this is going to be the year of the confrontation because God is trusting us to tell them, says, back off. I love God and that's the way it is. You, if you don't agree with me, that's fine, but back off. This is still America. I still have the right to worship God the way I want to. You understand? But we do so respectfully, lovingly, in the love of God. I, I'm not going to get into that hateful spirit like, like they have. But I'm also not going to say, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, no, no, I can't worship. Uh, no, I'm going to get out of here. I love God. He's my everything. And I appreciate those sports guys. They, they get the touchdown. Jesus, you know, I love that when they do that. Yes. I'm a sports guy. I love sports. It's because of him. And everybody goes, uh, yeah, that's right. It's because of Jesus. <laughs> you know, right. I love right. that. You know, right. and we have to really, uh, this is going to be a year where it's going to be very clear. And we've been saying it for years. It's going to come a time where it's going to be very clear who are and who aren't. And this is the year, the year 2013. It's a year of the, the church comes into its maturity and stands in God. Right now, one of uh, an American pastor, I think of Iranian descent, went over to Iran. And he's in prison right now. Simply because he's a Christian. <laughs> so right now they're trying to get him out. And, and it's, just, it, it's amazing what's happening. But guess what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, uh, you, you can see all the confrontations in the scripture where uh, people try to come against God's people. And when God's people hum humble themselves before God, guess what happened? God fought for them. And guess who won? Always, hands down, hands down, God won. Praise God. So the issue of us putting God first is very important even on a practical level. It's not enough that you say, yeah, yeah, God's first. But are your actions reflecting it? Just the other day, uh, Brother Efrain Goiko, he used to be a worship leader in this church. And he's a worship leader now and a pastor of worship in another church today. And we still keep fellowship. He was very offended because now he's seeing some rappers, Christian rappers. You know, I don't, I'm not talking about the world rap. I'm talking about Christian rappers now putting vulgarities in their songs. And it's supposed to be songs reflecting the kingdom of God. With all due respect, I don't care how you praise God, but keep it right. Exactly. Keep it honorable. Yeah, if you have to start to curse to preach about God, don't talk to me. Right. 
Shut up until you get a revelation. See, you know, it becomes all about money. You're forgetting God. Amen. 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 Let's, let's be right here. God wants us to put Him first. And because of that, I don't have the right anymore. See, I lose certain rights. I can't curse whenever I want to because the Holy Spirit lives within me. And the Holy Spirit is asking me to be a clean vessel that He can work and flow through me. And I have a relationship with Him. It's the same way with my wife. See, I get very practical so you guys can understand what I'm talking about. I don't have the right to be looking at other women when I'm walking with my wife. I don't have the right to look at women when I'm not walking with my wife. You, you understand? I don't have the right to, to go on the computer and look at women in the computer. It doesn't make a difference if it is digital or not. I'm still breaking the covenant with my wife. The men don't have to say amen. It's the truth. It's the way it is. <laughs> Just some things are just plain right. Hallelujah. So, you know, I honor my, my, my wife's relationship by, by, by making a conscious decision on, on a soul level, on a heart level. I said, yeah, you know, that, that chick over there, she might be looking good right now. You know, the way guys talk, of course. You know, this girl, hey, listen, you know, I mean, I, I'm in the world. I'm, I'm being out. No, I can't do that. I got to go. I choose not to. She, she might look beautiful, good for her and for her husband. Amen. See, but for me, I got my own, my own gorgeous hot mama at home. So, oh, I'm sorry. Is, is that too real? No, listen, we're in a living room together. We're just, I'm just, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you from the heart. But see, my wife expects me to put her first. And, and, and she gets it. She gets it all the time. She has to be first. You know, I, I told her. 38, no, 39 years ago, that that's the way it was going to be. And we got married 38 years ago. But I told her, I said, you know, listen, let's get married. You know, you'll, be, you'll be my wife, and, and I'll be your husband, and we'll build a family together. What's the matter? You, what's the matter? <laughs> I, just, I just asked her if we could go 39 years, and she said, with you? Pray for me. Ah! You got to do everything in love. In love. <laughs> Praise God. Now we can do it. We can do it. Now listen. Yeah, listen. We're, we're, we're together already. We're married 38 years. We, we dated four years before that. You know? Yeah. Well, you know what it was? We, we actually got married when we were in the womb. That's what happened. That's why we were married so long. Amen. Praise God. So the first, the first fruit principle is very simple. We honor God here. It's not about rule. It's not about law. It's about giving him first place here. That's what he's looking for. And when you understand that, then you realize when he says, my people, don't let anything, other gods get in the way. Anything can become a god to you if you worship it, if you honor it above Almighty God. Money can become a god. In the Old Testament, actually, uh, when Jesus was teaching about money, and he taught about money a lot, by the way, because how you handle that reflects your heart condition. So he said, he said, you either love God or mammon. You can't love both. Mammon meant money and the spirit behind it, the, 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 the power and the greed and the arrogance behind it. You see, because today even, you can see it. Whoever has a lot of money, you, you know, you, a lot of times you see them with arrogance, right? I, I deal with a lot of them, and some of them, they think they're big, big and bad. I said, how you doing, Mr. So-and-so? And they're like, okay. I feel like going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right behind them. Really? It's just, you know, really? No, seriously, I, I, I still live in the world. I still have the flesh. And, but, you know, I just say it in my mind. I just do it in my mind. I don't do it for real. 
Yeah, but some of them, they think they're so big and bad just because they have a couple of dollars in the bank. You know, and those are the same type of people that if they lose everything, suddenly, oh, life is not worth it. Yeah, because money's your God. Money's more, more, uh, God life is a lot more than just money. Exactly. You can always make it back. And even if you don't, fine. Just, uh, just as long as you have a roof over your head. Exactly. Uh, Paul said, be content. You have a roof over your head. You have food. Be, be, be content. Yes. Be content in life. So in Proverbs 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. He doesn't say give it all. He says give the best portion. So that, so that in your heart, the, the, the principle is, when you give the first portion, the best portion, in your heart, you got it right. See, that thing's not your God. You're using money as a tool versus that uh, um, being your God. Because if it's your God, you'll do anything to get it. You'll lie, you'll cheat. You'll kill somebody for it. That's right. Mm-hmm. You see, once it becomes your God, that's a very dangerous place. Yes. In Deuteronomy 26, 11, uh, 26, 1 through 11, what they would do to never... Yeah, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 through 11. What they would do in the old days, and God instructed them to do this, so that once again, their heart could remain... Um, how can I say in total allegiance to Almighty God because he understood the power that he was blessing them with. They didn't work for their lands. He blessed them with it. They didn't work for the fig trees and the pomegranates and all uh, the gold and the silver. That was already in there. Uh, gold and silver, by the way, it's inside rock. That's right. But for us, throughout the ages, we've always used it as a commodity. And by the way, here's another plug. Get out of debt. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. And don't think that, that, that MasterCard is gold and silver. It's not. No, it's not. All it is is an agreement that you sign. I'm going to make a little joke, okay? You sign a pact with the devil. If you let yourself get caught up in that system. You could use a credit card if you're disciplined. You pay it at the end of the month, you stay at zero balance. But if you can't, if you quickly go to four or 5000 oh, I don't know how to have it. <laughs> then cut up the card. You, 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 you don't have the right to have one yet. You didn't grow up yet financially. <laughs> okay, I, I, before I had 50 amens, now suddenly I only got three amens. Yeah, some of you can't handle money yet. That's how come you're spending stuff that's not yours. So what happens is, then you're in so much debt, you're like this. And that's stress, and God doesn't want you in that place. You see? Man, sometimes it's hard to be a pastor. <laughs> No, no, sometimes it's hard. I see so many faces. You're like, praise God, praise God. Let's <laughs> 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 just see some of your faces. <laughs> so says, when you have entered the land, the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruit of all that you have produced from the soil of the land your Lord, the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket. And then go to the place the Lord your God is choosing as a dwelling place for His name. And then say to the priest in office at that time, Say, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our forefathers to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down at the altar before the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean. He went down to Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and He saw our misery. 
toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us out to this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruit of the soil that you, O Lord, have given me. Place it in the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. And you, you and the Levites and the aliens among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given you to you and your household. You see? So they practiced it in appreciation and gratitude to God. They, take, they took a portion to God as a symbol to say that they're recognizing him as not only God, but as source, as a good God, and their gratitude coming back to him. Remember when Jesus healed the 10 lepers? Yes. He sent them out, go and be cleansed, go to church and wash in the temple, mm-hmm. but only one came back? That's right. Jesus, Jesus asked the one, he says, where are the other nine? The one came back and said, thank you, Jesus. He said, where's the other nine? He wanted the gratitude. He wanted them to, to realize that he had right. given him a kindness, a good. They didn't even come back. Wow. And we have a tendency of doing that. And today, America's saying that. We're big, and if we need any more, we'll just create more money out of thin air. Yeah. That's going to come back to haunt us very, very soon. So that's why I'm saying, people understand, there is a new wisdom that's coming in the year 2013, 14, 15, and 16. It's coming to the body. So be listening, because God's going to give you strategies and wisdom how to handle your money, how to create more wealth, right? Because you're going to be able to not only bless your family, but I believe we're coming in the days where even our church locally, we're going to have a pantry. And when things happen, we're going to be able to help people in the body of Christ and people in the community. Why? Because we understand it. We get it. This is a, it's, it's a Joseph time. God has given us a certain amount of time to get ready to be a blessing. Uh, By the way, Hurricane, Hurricane Sandy was just What's the word? Not, not, not tip of the eye. It was just a warning maybe, like, 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 the, uh, like a shot. Yeah. Okay, guys, countdown time. God, God is saying it's countdown time. So this is going to happen more often. And he let us see how quickly things can be taken away from us. One little hurricane. And to this day, there are people that still haven't been able to come back home. There are people still in hotels. Because their home is destroyed. One little hurricane. You know some of the revelations that people are getting throughout the world about New York, about California? I mean, earthquakes and some nasty stuff. You understand? But the point is, God's not telling us so we could be fearful. He's telling us so we could be ready. So in case another hurricane comes, I have food in my house. I have a month's supply, two months' supply, right? I have a couple of dollars set aside, maybe a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, set aside. In case there's an emergency, we might not need it, but my brother might need it, my, my family might need it. But he had, oh, yeah, here, I have enough for you. Yeah. Like, like Dante said to you, I, that blew me away. But next time I see him, I'm going to give him a high five. <laughs> so you know, it, it's, it's precious to be ready because it takes the stress away. We're going to buy some seeds also just to have them there. You know, uh, uh, I'm talking about organic seeds. Just put them away. A whole bag of them, different types. Yeah, and, just, and just have them there. Exactly. We, we have some dry food. When I was a kid, my, my dad taught me to even know how to use properly canned milk. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if any of you ever heard of magnolia. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. thick yeah. milk. Yeah. Take that, you could water it down a bit, you know, put it in your coffee. It's, huh? Yeah, it's from the islands? Yeah. Not, not just from there, from this island too, man. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, we know magnolia. Wow, that 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 that. But that's thick. You got to use it very sparingly. That that'll go from here to here right away. So the first fruit principle is 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 a marriage. It's a covenant between God and us. He required it from the beginning when He told Adam and Eve, "I'm giving you everything. Just give me the tree. Don't touch the tree." When, when, when God's people came in and God says, I'm giving you all the land. The first city you take, that belongs to me. Don't take anything from that city. And he, he exposes it there. He told the people, he says, I'm just testing your heart. We read it. He said, I'm testing your heart. That's why he wants it first. He doesn't want it second or third or fourth. He wants your heart first. When you're ready, um, you, when you're out there and, and the bribe comes in, God's testing your heart. When somebody offends you and you're ready to say something, you're, ra- you're ready to rattle off the worst, nastiest stuff, and they deserve it. It's testing your heart. Right. What's going to come out? I got one amen and one bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to save that one. I'm going to put it right here just in case I get no more amens for the day, all right? <laughs> so it's an action or a series of actions or a symbol that God is first in our life. Amen? The, the widow of Zarephath, for me, is one of the most significant stories that, that show uh, how, how we need to put God first. In 1 Kings chapter 17, I won't read it to you, but I'll just briefly share, that God uh, told uh, Elijah, Elijah, speak to the nation and say they're not going to have any water. So he did. So th- that's what Elijah would do. He, he, he went, he says... Until I say so, there's not going to be any more rain. Isn't that, a, isn't that amazing that man can have so much authority? They could speak to the clouds and, and it'll stop up. For two and a half years, the rain stopped up. Yep, it just stopped up. And, and so the king, you know, would, would try to kill him, or whatever, couldn't do anything, couldn't touch the man of God. But here's the problem he spoke into the, his very region where he lived, he was living in the same place. No water. I'm not going to get any water either. When then God spoke to him, God says, I want you to go to the brook because I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. And there's a brook of water there. So he went over there. Every day he had his water. So he could take a shower, the drink, whatever he needed to do. And the ravens would come and hand him meat every day. See? So, so even though he was in a place where quickly uh, developing famine and, and no water, it's really bad, God was still providing for, for his manservant there, right? But then the brook went dry. Most people say, oh God, didn't you speak to me? Now the brook is dry. Listen, there's always another strategy. You, we limit God because we think that, that God thinks like us. When God tells you something, he already has like 20, 30, 40, a myriad ways to, to, to get you to the next, your next level. That's right, that's right. Hallelujah. Well, if I lose my job, he's got 20 lined up for you. There is no limit in the kingdom of God. We're the ones that put the limits. So then it dries up and then the Spirit of God speaks to him again. He says, I want you to go into town. There's a widow who I've already commanded to feed you. So go. So he says, okay, Lord. So he goes, enters the city, sees the, the lady. She's gathering up some sticks. He goes up to her. He says, I need some water. So she looks at him. Okay. She goes and gets the water. Oh, by the way, also make me a hamburger. Well, the Bible calls it a patty, but maybe it was some bread, but I'm just saying, you know. Paraphrasing right now. So I also need a, a patty. So she goes, uh, prophet. And you know, God had spoken to her. Because God had commanded her to take care of the prophet. So 
He goes, he go, she goes to me and says, Prophet, I don't have enough. All I have is a little bit of uh, meal, a little bit of oil. I was just about ready to cook some and, and then wait to die. So he says, all right, do that, but first make me a patty. Doesn't that sound selfish? But if you read the word, the prophet says, because as you do this, this is what's going to happen. The Lord says that your meal will not waste away and your oil won't diminish. Amen. So she said, well, listen, God told me I'm going to obey. And she made the patty for him first. And then she fed her son and she fed herself. And the Bible says the oil never diminished and the meal just kept on replicating. Sounds to me like Jesus with the fish and the loaves. Exactly. Yes. You see my point? So the issue was she trusted God and put him first. She trusted the word of the Lord. This man came into town, but it was not just the man telling her, you need to do this. No. God had already told her. He said, I want you to take care of my manservant because he is a national business right now. And I'm keeping him because he needs to be alive because he needs to release another word so it could rain again. Because other people were also praying. Other people were also crying out. So Elijah, the man of God, remember God works on earth through men, and that was his established prophet there. He had to once again speak to the land and get it raining again. And shortly after that, it started raining again because he was able to obey the Lord. But guess what? He was able to live because the woman took care of him. Amen. And guess what? God could, took care of the woman Amen. because she put him first. Yes. And that was a supernatural provision. Amen. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, Put me first, put my kingdom first, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, in conclusion, with all of this and this precious month that we have dedicated to God, we've fasted, we've prayed, we've asked God, God, help us to put you first in our life. And I'm looking forward to the year 2013. I really am. I'm, I'm excited as to what God is going to do in and through us. I believe as a community that He's going to give us the strategy to prosper individual, individually and collectively. Because it's not about me just having another car. It's about me being able to fulfill my purpose here on earth and connected to the body of Christ. Because my call is never on its own. It's always connected to a body. So my success cannot happen unless we all succeed together. And for me, success is not having a car or having a house. My, my success is at the end I can say before the Lord, Lord, I've done what you've called me to do. And he could say to me, and he could say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So this is an opportunity. Yeah, he says, Proverbs 3, 9, our barns will be filled with plenty when we put them first. Yes, it says, the blessings will flow to the rest of your harvest. Yes, it says in Ezekiel 44, verse 30, the best of all first fruits of any kind, any sacrifice from any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priest also. And you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause, it says, to cause a blessing to rest on your house. But what is that for? Deuteronomy 8.18. The Lord gives us power to acquire wealth so that his covenant may be established. Amen. And we get the, we're the beneficiaries of it. Hallelujah. Amen. So he blesses us corporately with abundance to work in our purposes with joy and effectively. The last, last verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. With this, I close. 
my Bible got wet, so I lost uh, all the small stuff. Yes, I. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Second Corinthians. What do you mean it's okay? What do you mean it's okay? All right. Um, Second Corinthians chapter nine. I have no choice. Verse six. But I say this: He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. See, it's not a commandment. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, and here is where I'm I'm landing. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Point to your neighbor and say this. Say, God God. is able able. to make all grace grace. abound toward you. Never forget it. All right? See, so when God is making grace abound to you, that means that this, it's supernatural in nature. Amen. You don't deserve the promotion, but you'll get it. You don't deserve the job, but you'll get it. You don't deserve it, but you know, it's a grace. He, he, he has grace ex- extend toward you. And it says, so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That's what I expect. Yeah, we're going to hear terrible news. Yeah, you know, the government, this, government, that, a fight, fiscal cliff and all that. I just know my God will provide. Period. He'll provide for all of our need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen.